work hard, play hard. Watch what you eat. Don't forget to sleep. Oh, and hit the gym four times a week. We know what we're supposed to do, but how do you make it happen when life gets in the way? This is our attempt at turning the expert's advice into daily habits. This is Making Life Fit. Hello, world. Welcome to the first episode of Making Life Fit. I'm Kat. And I'm Lisa. And we're your hosts for this new podcast about life, health, fitness, and everything in between. At its core, this is a podcast about maintaining a healthy lifestyle while also balancing all of life's other demands. There is a crazy amount of information out there, and it can be hard to absorb it all, let alone apply it. Which is why we want to break down these topics from the perspective of real people trying to keep up. Kat and I have had this discussion with our friends and finding more and more that we were talking to one another about it. We both like following the community of fitness, nutrition, etc., and we're both really interested in trying new things. And really, we were looking for ways to balance all of these things among everything else we've got going on in life. So this is why we've started this podcast. Plus, Tom called my bluff and bought me a podcast mic. So here we are. As a level set, though, want to make sure you guys know we're not nutritionists. We're not your doctors. We're regular people who just enjoy learning about these types of things. At the end of the day, we hope that people walk away with reference points of how to do a little better each day. So with doing better each day in mind, we thought that a good place to start was with the idea of setting goals and how to go about achieving those goals. I think it's fair to say that it is an awesome feeling to accomplish a goal. But a lot of the goals that we come up with also come with a lot of work. Yes, they do. (laughs) So to kind of bring it into a personal level, Kat and I are going to share some of our personal goals that we've had over the last few years, starting with our 2020 goals. So what was your goal this year, Lisa? So I had two main personal goals this year. The first was to be stricter about counting macros, which we will get into in an upcoming episode for those who don't know what macros are. And then my other one that was uh, kind of focused around a little healthier mindset, and that was to limit the number of nights per week in which I have uh, a drink or an adult beverage. Um, Really, I want to make sure that I'm drinking less days of the week than I'm not. So three nights or less was my goal. And how have those goals been going with our current life situation? (laughs) Well, to be honest, um, I've been doing okay. I I think uh, it's it's nice. I'm really blessed right now that I'm able to work from home uh, Monday through Friday. So that keeps me occupied and busy during the day. And then uh, I've been working out with friends like you and our other girlfriends uh, every day at a Uh, at 6.15. So that keeps me busy until at least seven o'clock every night. So I'm not breaking open the wine bottles too soon. (laughs) Yeah, well, I started my goal this year as stressing less, which for anybody that knows me, I'm a little bit of a worrywart. So the goal was to stress less, be able to take a deep breath, not have everything go completely insane in my head. And 2020's response to that goal was basically 
here, hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and to be fair to you going into 2020, you're recently engaged and you're actually planning a wedding. So you went into 2020 separate of Corona with the mindset of stressing less even while planning a wedding. So I think that's very admirable of you. But how is that going? I mean, some of the best advice that I got, uh, including from you, when it came to planning the wedding was to remember that this is supposed to be a fun time. It is not supposed to be stressful. So as I was planning, if I found myself getting stressed or even if I was doing something and I wasn't enjoying it, to take a step back, give it a rest, um, and then come back to it when I was in a better headspace. Because this is something that at the end of the day, the most important part is Shane and I getting married doesn't matter about the flowers or the dress or anything else. So we want to be able to enjoy this time in our life. Yeah. And that's so important. I think you're doing a great job. Why, thank you. <laughs> well, so separate of 2020 goals, why don't we also talk about some um, examples of goals that we've had in the past on a personal level? For me, example, in 2019, I had two main goals. One of them was to be in my best shape by my 30th birthday. Um, and the other which for those who know me will probably laugh at this, but it was to drink more water because water is terrible, but I know that it's good for you. So I need to drink more of it. More water, not just more LaCroix. (laughs) But, you know, LaCroix is still still water. It's water. It is. So my past goal that comes to mind uh, has actually re-sprung as a current goal as well. It was to be able to run a sub eight minute mile average for my longer runs. So I've been able to run a mile straight, like a just one mile for under eight minutes for a while. Um, but I wanted to be able to run three or four or five at that pace. And this is something that I accomplished a couple years ago, but due to first an injury and then I kind of fell off of. So going into the summer, my goal is I would like to be able to get back to my previous pace. Well, I think that's also very admirable. Uh, But I love the point that you brought up here, which was a goal that you had previously accomplished at some point in your life. But because of things that either got in the way or falling off, you actually have it as a goal again. And I think that's so interesting and a really great example of how goals can be recycled or updated or, you know, uh, reapplied again in different points of your life. Yeah. And it's definitely been something that with running, I've worked on getting my time further and further down. And there are times that I have fallen off or I get busy or in the summer I do other workouts. So maybe I'm not running as much and you lose that endurance. Yeah. So I think you lead, uh, your point leads us into our next segment really well, which is about the common blockers that really get in the way of us accomplishing and achieving any goals that we have in mind. The very first blocker that I'm going to talk about is time. I think this is the one that everyone can agree upon that sometimes there's just not enough time in the day, in the week, in the month, uh, you know, if you let yourself get off track uh, to get your goal accomplished. But Uh, It's really important that you do set aside the time for yourself. Otherwise, you'll never give yourself a true fighting chance to achieve your goal. Yeah. And I think that goes into our second blocker, which is the idea of getting in the habit and making your goal part of your routine. Yeah. I think the average is eight weeks to 
instill a habit, which when you're starting out, if it's something that is intimidating or harder, eight weeks is a long time for something to be hard. If you're trying to become a morning workout person and you're used to your alarm going off at seven and now it's going off at 5.30, that's a lot of early mornings without a lot of gratitude. So I think that's something that people have to keep in mind that it is, it's going to take time because those eight weeks, that's how long it takes to make a habit. I think it's like a week to break a habit or maybe even a couple days. So you have to be able to continually make that part of your routine and figure out what the best way to do that is to help lead to your success. Yeah, that's such a great point. Routine is important. Obviously, that does go hand in hand with the time. You need to make the time to make it part of your routine. Uh, I think another big common blocker for people is having a support system when you are trying to achieve a goal. And really what I mean by a blocker in terms of a support system is a lack of one. It's really tough to achieve a goal if those around you aren't trying for the same thing for you or supporting you in that way. Uh, For example, if your goal is to eat healthier, but the person that you live with or that you eat with most often is that's not their goal. It's going to be really tough for you to maintain that when they're eating things that you need to be limiting or restricting. Um, And yeah, it'll be just a lot tougher for you to make that goal. The other main takeaway for this as a blocker, though, is that you need to make sure you do stand up for yourself uh, and make those tough decisions that will ultimately help you become a better you. Um, You know, if your friends and family are going out to the bar a couple nights a week, maybe you need to say no to one of the times or go and not have a drink as well. For example, with my goal of drinking less per week, you know, I still want to see my friends and they'll totally understand where I'm coming from uh, if I decide to pass or or say no to joining in on that time. Yeah, and I think it's also important to remember that just because someone is part of your support system doesn't mean that they have to be doing the same thing that you are. So my fiance, Shane, he has taken on the goal of eating healthier, and that aligns with my goals, which for us, that's fairly easy because I do most of the cooking at home. Um, But when it comes to fitness, you know, we've been doing the home workouts with our group of friends every night. And Shane is supportive of me wanting to work out. He does not choose to join us. He'll go for a run or he'll use our stationary bike at home. And so he's still part of that goal. He's part of my support system. But that doesn't mean that he has to say thing that I do every day. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Uh, My husband and I do go to the gym together, but we don't always work out together. But it's really nice to have that person who, uh, you know, comes up to you and says, hey, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to drive you there. Uh, You know, put your gym clothes on. We're going now. And it, it ensures that we're supporting one another in this goal, even though we might not have the same end goal. It is to be there and to be healthy and work out. So I totally can relate to that. Yeah, and having that support system at the end of the day, that is going to help with all of the other aspects of setting the goal, the healthy reminders, making it part of your routine. I think that also ties into our last blocker, which is not knowing what to do. And this is something that especially extends beyond health and fitness of knowing how to get from A to B 
for your goal. So if I'm starting out, whether it's running a marathon, if it's learning a new skill, how do I get from where I currently am to where I want to be? What does that path to success look like? And that can be overwhelming. There's a ton of different ways that people can make things happen, or you see all of these different ideas, but what is the right path for you? Yeah. And I think, you know, for there's so many people out there on social media who a lot of us will try to, you know, maybe mimic their path to success. But just because someone that you look up to did something in a certain way doesn't mean that's going to be the successful route for you. So it's really important to keep that in mind when you are researching the best way to do things just because it worked out a certain way for one person. That's not the end all be all. You do need to adapt and change and and apply things for what's going to work best for you. You also need to keep in mind that the version that you see on social media is usually the final cut. There's probably a blooper reel or a different story behind the camera. So that perfect picture is the result of a lot of work. And you don't have the advantage of not seeing all of your work. You get to see versions A, B, C, and D, not just here's the final cut. Yeah, great point. I think the other thing that's a part of this is when you don't know what to do, especially when it's like a a gym situation, is not knowing how to use the equipment at the gym. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's that intimidation factor of even if you've been going to the gym for years, if there's a new piece of equipment or a new workout you want to try, you know, there's a little bit of apprehension of, uh, am I doing this right? Yeah. And, you know... My advice for this part of it has always been uh, think of yourself and your mindset when you're at the gym. You're you're focused on yourself. You're feeling self-conscious. You may be feeling a little vulnerable. But at no point are you looking around and staring at other people and looking at what they're doing. So in the same regard, no one is watching you to make fun of you or or anything like that at the gym. So just keep that in mind if you are a person who feels you know, apprehensive or, again, self-conscious at the gym, there's really no one else that's looking at what you're doing. So go in there with the mindset of, I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to try this new equipment. It's going to be great. You're going to do fine. There is that 1% of people in the world who are at the gym and recording other people, but those people are assholes and they will be found out and they'll be kicked out and you don't have to worry about them. Ignore the assholes. Go to the gym and do your thing. Yeah. They're not worth your time. You are worth your time. So we've gone through the blockers, but what about actually achieving this? So for us, we've set up three top tips for setting up and making progress. And the first of that is setting yourself up for success. And the main part of this is when you choose your goal, make sure you're choosing something that is realistic and healthy. You can always increase or extend your goal, but make sure when you're first starting out that it's something that you can achieve because you don't want to set yourself up for disappointment. So if you're looking to lose weight, losing 30 pounds in a month is probably not feasible, nor is it healthy. So maybe your goal is I want to go to the gym three times a week for the whole month. That is something that you can accomplish. It's measurable. And you should be able to achieve. The other thing that I love about that point 
is you want to make sure that your goal is something that you will positively associate with. If you create a goal, for example, look back to your your one about losing 30 pounds in a month, that's going to be so intensely painful in terms of how to accomplish that, that when you achieve the goal, you might not even be happy about it because of how negative the entire experience was for you. Yeah. Make sure that whatever you choose, it's got to be something that your heart is in it. Because like we said, these goals that we choose, they come with a lot of work. And if you hate every moment of that work, it's going to be a lot harder to achieve that goal and even harder to maintain it over the long term. Yeah. There's a difference between a a goal that grows you and a goal that you hate. For example, and you know this about me, I absolutely hate (laughs) running. Which is so funny because you love running and yet we're still friends. <laughs> yes, we are. So I'm never, though, going to set a goal of becoming a runner. It's not something that I want to do. I don't enjoy it. But there are ways for me to still challenge myself in that realm. So, for example, you came to me last summer and you said, hey, I found this awesome event. It's a 5K, but we run through a wine vineyard and at the end we get free wine. And I said, I'm in. I get to hang out with my friend. I get to drink wine. And I still get to challenge myself in a way that is not going to totally make me hate the experience. It was my middle ground. And I did enjoy myself. And uh, it was a lot more fun than I thought it would be. And it was. It was a ton of fun. And it's a goal. It's funny because I feel like a 5K is a very common goal that people want to do, either as a starting point for runners or, like you said, it's something that you found a combination of factors that this isn't something that you normally want to do, but there were motivating factors there. And that's the big difference of, you know, choosing something that you hate versus I have a reason for why I want to do this. Totally agree. So Kat, what's our second top tip? Our second top tip is write it down. Now there are several ways to do this. It doesn't have to be a a journal, um, but it can be if that's what will help keep your goal top of mind. You can write down positive affirmations. You can record what you do to make progress with your goal. I like the idea of setting daily goals, whether that's I'm going to pack my lunch. I'm going to take 10,000 steps today. Do you have your own journal? I do have a journal. I love having pen to paper. I even keep a physical planner. See, and I'm the complete opposite. So I, I love this. We're so different. Uh, so I I use technology, right? I love, for, for an example, I love reading, but I read on a Kindle. I don't read physical books. So when it comes to writing things down, mine is more of typing it down. And I utilize my phone and the, my notes app, and my calendar app, and even my whole exercise program is through an app. So I definitely take advantage of that tech that's in front of me through, you know, writing things down in the apps I have, using notifications and reminders, but that's the way that works for me. Yeah. And it's still keeping it at top of mind. I will still use my phone. Like you said, I have apps that I use for fitness, but I am the person that I love being able to write down a workout. And then once it's done for the day, I get to cross it off and It's a nice, one of those things that I look forward to. So it's a positive reward for achieving my goals. Our third way for writing it down, this is also something that you can do 
if you need to not forget something in the morning, but find a sticky note and write down your goal or your motivation or find a picture of what reminds you of your motivating factor for your goal and stick it on your mirror or on your dresser or on your front door so that every morning you see that and are reminded of why you are doing what you're doing. Yeah, I've even done this before where I've placed a a reminder note on my car steering wheel because it's the very last thing I see before I leave my house for the day. So if I do need to remember something, I'm still close enough that I can run inside to get it. I have not done the steering wheel. That is actually a very good idea because I have I've walked past a sticky note on my front door before. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that leads us into our final top tip for ways that you can achieve or accomplish your goals. And this one is all about accountability. And again, in the things of threes, we kind of have three different ways that you can have accountability. And the first one, which is my favorite and works best for me, is a buddy. So, for example, if you have a fitness goal, a gym buddy would be a great example. I've operated with a gym buddy for several years now. Uh, I mentioned my my husband and I go to the gym together while we don't work out together, but he's a gym buddy. Um, our friend Sydney, a few years ago, we were each other's gym buddy, um, and we used to work out in the morning together. So when our alarms would go off, we would immediately text one another and say, are you up? And if the other person didn't answer within like a minute or two, we would call the other person and say like, you need to get up. We're doing this workout. I'm awake. So you need to be awake too. And that was really helpful to make sure that we were not letting down one another. And then now I work out uh, in the afternoons after work with our friend Leah. And it's the same thing. We text one another as soon as we get home from work and we say, hey, I'll be there at 630. See you there. And you're not giving the other person the opportunity to, you know, hem and haw and come up with an excuse as to why they can't make it. But for some people, a physical person to gym with every day isn't an option, whether you just can't make your schedules work or it's a situation like now where you can't really be around other people. So um, a gym buddy could still be like a check-in buddy. You can text one another to say, did you go? What was your workout? How did it go? Things like that. Yeah. Like within our group of friends, we have several girls that do Orange Theory Um, and we have a group text where you know, we'll talk about the workouts or if one of us goes, for those of you who don't know what Orange Theory is or have never gone, it is a circuit training class and they do not publish the workouts ahead of time. Unless you go on the Reddit thread from Australia, you will sometimes be able to see what the class is. <laughs> it's That's how you see it. So there have been days where I've wanted to skip. Although there's an eight hour cancellation. If you don't cancel within eight hours of the class, you get charged. But our group text, uh, our friend Colleen usually goes in the morning, so she'll be able to tell us what the workout is, what to expect. And if there's a day that one of us doesn't want to go, a lot of times we'll text each other and the rest of us will say, come on, go to class, go to class, you'll want to do it. So even though we're not even taking class at the same time, or our friend Allison actually goes to a different studio than the rest of us, we're still there and holding each other accountable. Yeah. Great example. Yeah. And that also leads into the idea of self-accountability. So if I skip class, if no one else in our group was registered for that class, no one's probably ever going to know the difference. I'll know the difference, though, because I know that I have made the conscious choice to step away from something that I was trying to achieve. And that's something that 
you know, as an adult, you have to be able to hold yourself accountable. And it goes back to what we were talking about of setting yourself up for success and choosing something that really matters to you. Yeah. Because if it doesn't, it becomes a lot easier to go, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go next week. Eh, it's the weekend. I'll start on Monday. And you're really the only one that's going to know that difference, but it's holding you back from what you said you wanted to accomplish. Yeah, that's very important to have that self-accountability. And, you know, for some people, maybe the self-accountability isn't enough. So that's why another form of accountability is to do it for someone else. Instead of doing it for you, maybe do it for uh, a friend or a family member. You know, me personally, I don't have any children, but I know a lot of people who set goals with their children in mind because they want to make a better life for their kids or they want to make sure that they will be around for their kids in the future. Yeah. And that doesn't only have to be relevant to a fitness school. It could be something of, I want to learn something or I want to do something to be able to either participate in something with someone that you love or teach someone something. For me, my dad is a big sailor. He has been sailing since he was a kid. And I grew up around the water and around the boat, but I never became as good of a sailor as he is. And I've never really been able to compete with him. So over the last couple of years, I have set the goal to become a better sailor so that I can compete and I can go out and spend that time with my dad. Um, so really, he is my motivating factor that if it's, you know, not a nice day outside and there's a race and I could go home and lounge on my couch or I can go out on a sailboat and get rained on, my dad becomes kind of my source of accountability of now this is, I set out to accomplish this so I could enjoy that time with him. Yeah, I love that. And that's a great experience as well. When we talked about the positive association, it's going to be fond memories that you can look back on and you and your dad can talk about together. And that's that's a great goal. Yeah. And then it is one of those things that and I think this is true for all obstacles is once you get into doing something, even if you didn't want to do it at the beginning, most of the time at the end, you're going to look back and say, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I went to class. I'm glad I you know, went for that run or did whatever it is that you were hesitant about, the payoff is there. Totally agree. So now we want to hear from you. What is your goal or what struggles have you encountered in achieving your goals? You can head over to our Instagram or our Facebook and answer our question of the week to let us know. We'll put in the show notes, our Instagram handle and our Facebook to where to find us. Yeah. And guys, we're going to do a question of the week um, at the end of every episode each week because we want to hear from you, our listeners, make sure that we're providing the type of content that you want to hear about for future episodes. So really looking forward to hearing from you uh, on our question. But with that, it is time for us to sign off on this first episode of Making Life Fit. Join us next time for how to make working out at home work for you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.